Well, July 4th, 1776, the final wording of the Declaration of Independence was agreed upon, and it effectively made our nation uh, independent and free nation. 245 years ago today, we declared national and political freedom. And as wonderful as our freedom is in this country, if you are a Christian, your freedom is so much better than the freedom that we have in this country. Um, We're going to reflect on that this morning, and there are many places in the Bible that speak about our freedom as Christians, and I want to look at one that perhaps is Nothing compares to it, and it's in Romans, so please open with me to Romans again if you're not there, page 1131 if you need the page number, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, listen to these words. From the Apostle Paul, Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Let's stop there now. I really want to unpack these four verses, but as I studied and meditated on these these verses, I realized I can't unpack all these four in one message. Uh, So today, we're just going to focus on verse 1. And very simply, the message of verse 1, I mean, you can't miss it. It's really clear. The message of verse 1 is that if you are a Christian, you are free from condemnation. And I want to look at this fact of our freedom from condemnation Today, I want to look at it, and I want to explore it, and I want to give you 10 characteristics that describe our freedom from condemnation. 10 characteristics that describe our freedom from condemnation. Number one, your freedom from condemnation is unearned. It is unearned. The first words here in this passage in this, in this verse is very important. Paul says, therefore. So what is Paul referring to? What is the therefore? Therefore. What is it there? Why is it there? Well, it's because of what Paul said, I believe because of what Paul said, really in this entire book, all leading up to Romans chapter 8. So what has he said thus far in this book, leading up to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Well, very simply, the book of Romans is about the gospel. 
It's about the powerful proclamation that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And this is a big deal because what we come to see, what we come to recognize is that you and I, we have no power in and of ourselves to save ourselves. The power is the power of God for salvation. We have no power in and of ourselves to save ourselves. And the funny thing is, I think this is so funny, that we, as human beings, we are on a constant quest to achieve our own salvation. We are. We do it through, through many things. We do it through technology. We do it through philanthropy. We do it through science. We do it through religion. Whatever it is, we are constantly trying to achieve our redemption, our salvation. We see that something is broken in the world, and we are trying the best we can to fix it. And what we learn in the book of Romans is we cannot fix it. We cannot. We need the gospel. We need the good news because you and I are guilty. We are guilty of breaking God's law and we are, we are as a result of that, we are, we are enslaved We are captive to our own way, to our own desires, to living life our own way. And against this backdrop of our sinfulness and our powerless to do our powerlessness to do anything about it, to change ourselves to achieve salvation in that context, God sent his son. He sent his son, Jesus, and he sent Jesus as a gift, as a free gift. Paul could not be any clearer that your freedom from condemnation is a gift when he states in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, that you have been justified as a gift by his grace. You have been released. You have been set free. There is no condemnation for you no longer. It is a free gift. It is unearned. You know, our national forebears, those that we think about today, those that we celebrate today, they worked hard. They spilled their blood for our freedom. And in a way, freedom that we possess here in this country, it was given to us. It, it, it was a gift that we inherited based upon the work of another. And in a similar way as Christians, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit earned your freedom. He earned it. He did all of the work. 
your freedom from condemnation. No condemnation. No more. That is unearned. It's a gift. You didn't do anything to receive it or achieve it. You are the recipient, brothers and sisters, of a great gift. You did not, you cannot earn it. And certainly you and I do not deserve it. Your freedom from condemnation is unearned. Secondly, your freedom from condemnation is costly. It is costly. At the same time, our freedom is unearned. It is costly. It did cost God. Gifts always cost someone something. And it cost God. What what did our freedom cost God? Look at verse 3 of Romans chapter 8. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. There it is. God did it. He earned it. And what did He do? Sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, He condemns sin in the flesh. God sent His Son. Your freedom cost God His Son. His offering for sin to condemn sin in the flesh Your freedom and my freedom as Christians is very, very costly. It costs the precious life of Jesus Christ. And related to this, number three, because our freedom is costly, it also means, number three, your freedom is just. It's fair. It's right. How is that? Well, I've said that we are guilty. You and I are guilty. We are are born this way. We live this way. So how in the world can you and I be free from condemnation? Or to ask it differently, how is it fair? Listen to this. I really mean this. How is it fair that a lawbreaker goes away scotch-free? How is that fair? We would look at that in our court of law, in our criminal justice system, and if that happened, we would say that's unjust, that's unfair for a lawbreaker to go away free. But this is Paul's entire argument in Romans. It's his entire argument. He is saying we deserve punishment. Because we are lawbreakers. We deserve punishment, but Jesus takes our place. He takes our place as lawbreakers. He is condemned in our place. Look again. Paul makes this clear in verse 3. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, look what it says, He condemned sin in the flesh. There it is. Jesus condemned sin 
in the flesh. That is, in the flesh of Jesus, sin was condemned. Sin was punished. In Christ's offering of atonement. And so this means, if sin has been punished, that you do not need to be punished for your sins. Because they were punished in Christ. Stated another way, since your sin was punished in Christ, it does not not need to be punished in you. So it's completely just and completely fair for you now to be free, free from condemnation. Your freedom is just. Your freedom from condemnation is just. Number four, your freedom from condemnation is legal. It's legal. This word condemnation, it's a, it's a courtroom type term. It's a legal term. And the Bible teaches us that everyone must appear one day in God's courtroom. Every one of you here, myself included, one day we are going to appear in God's courtroom. It is, the Bible says, appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment, comes the courtroom. Every human being will appear in God's courtroom. And the reality of it is, is that, is that when you were conceived, even before you were born, the jury was already out. The jury, jury had already concluded guilty as charged. That's what Romans 5 teaches us if we go back a few chapters. We are guilty. We are guilty of transgressing the law of God, of His perfect standard of right and wrong. Take one of God's laws. Take stealing, for example. Stealing. Have you ever stolen something that doesn't belong to you? Now, I don't just mean stealing candy from the candy store. The Bible is much more deeper and clearer about theft, about stealing. So have you ever slacked off at work? (laughs) Have you ever fudged an expense report? Has your heart ever been greedy and have you wanted something that wasn't yours? You are guilty of theft. You are guilty of stealing. We all are. We all have stolen to one degree or another in our lives. And though you are guilty of theft, I am guilty of theft, and so much more, the glorious freedom that you have obtained in God's courtroom is that you are not guilty. As believers, the jury weighs in and they declare you not guilty. 
you will not ever be punished for theft in God's courtroom. You may, you may experience punishment in a human court of law, but not in God's court. Not in God's court of law. In God's courtroom, you are pronounced not guilty. Not guilty. And related to this is number five. It's very related. Your freedom from condemnation is spiritual. It's spiritual. Here's what I mean by this. Freedom from condemnation, listen to me closely, please. Freedom from condemnation does not mean that you will not experience affliction and suffering in this life. God may send affliction and suffering your way. You may get stage four colon cancer. You may be bedfast for days or weeks or years. You may be paralyzed from the neck down. You may experience family division and heartache and pain. You may lose your job and your family and your health. In fact, God may bring affliction and suffering your way as a means of discipline. For those whom the Lord loves, the writer to Hebrews says, He disciplines. But I want to emphasize that God may bring affliction and suffering as a form of discipline. It's not fair to say that all affliction and suffering is discipline from the Lord. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it is not. But having said that, here's the big but. As a Christian, your affliction and suffering is not condemnation. Your pain and suffering that you are experiencing right now in your life, if you are a believer, it is not condemnation. It's not. It's not condemnation. You can bank on that. You, you don't have to wonder. You don't have to wonder, is the Lord punishing me? You don't have to wonder that. He is not There is now no condemnation for you. So what is this condemnation here? This condemnation is spiritual in nature. It's it's condemnation for sins. The Bible makes it clear that the wages, the penalty, the, the payment, the condemnation for sin is death. Ultimately, eternal death. But if you are a Christian, you will never experience condemnation for those sins. They've all been taken care of. They've all been removed and forgiven. And this leads to number six. Your freedom from condemnation is eternal. Your and my freedom from condemnation is eternal. What I mean by this is that your freedom from condemnation started when you became a Christian and it lasts forever into the future. This is how I understand this word now in this passage. Look at it again with me, Romans 8.1. Therefore, 
there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Because you are in Christ Jesus, there is now no condemnation for you. Now and into the future. Jesus says this in John chapter 3, verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Not now condemned and not ever will be condemned. You know this. The United States of America will one day end. It will one day end. We don't know when that day will be. It will one day end, and the freedoms that go along with it will end too. But the kingdom of God, your citizenship in the heavenly kingdom, will last forever. It will never end. It will never dissolve. Number seven, your freedom from condemnation is exclusive. It's exclusive. Freedom from condemnation is who is it for? Look what the text says. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for who? For those who are in Christ Jesus. That's shorthand for being a Christian, for being a believer. Freedom from condemnation is exclusive to Christians only. This freedom from condemnation that we have described, it's for you, believer. It's only for you. And this, by necessity, implies that if you are not a Christian, you are currently, even right now, under condemnation. Jesus, in John chapter 3, verse 18, goes on to say what I just quoted a minute ago. He goes on to say, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. But there's always a but in the Christian message, in the Bible. And the but here is if you are not a Christian, you do not have to stay condemned. You don't have to stay condemned. How? How can you be free? How can you experience freedom from condemnation? Here is how Jesus says how. If you believe in him, you are free from condemnation. What does that mean? Let me unpack that for you just a bit. What that means is that means that if you are trusting in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, not in yourself, not in your works, not in your own merits, if you trust in Him alone and cling to Him and follow Him, you will never experience condemnation. You can be free. And so you can do that right now in your heart. You can experience freedom from condemnation. You can turn from your own way and you can embrace the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ. You can do that right now. That's offered to you. And then, when you become a believer, 
And for those of you who are believers, you are part of this community. You're part of a community of those not condemned, which is my next point, my next characteristic about our freedom from condemnation. Number eight, your freedom from condemnation is communal. It's communal. This is a characteristic we often don't think about. We often overlook this when we think about our freedom from condemnation. But notice what Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those, plural, who are in Christ Jesus. Freedom from condemnation is communal. So let's think about this for a minute. Let's think about what this means for us, that our freedom is communal. I think it means, when we think about it, among other things, it it will change the way we think about one another and the way we treat one another. It really will. So for starters, we will not judge or condemn one another unjustly because we together are not condemned. We don't look down on someone. We don't snub our nose at others. We exercise great compassion and concern for one another. We we rejoice together with one another as the ones who are not guilty. We're free together. And we do this primarily, we rejoice together primarily because Number nine, your freedom from condemnation is complete. It's complete. When Paul says that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, this could be translated like this. There is no not one condemnation. There is no not one condemnation. This means that there is not one sin that you will be punished for. It's it's complete. Our freedom from condemnation is complete. And so it doesn't matter the size of the infraction, whether it's big or small, you will not be punished for it. The child who does not come to his or her mother when called will not be punished for that sin if they are a believer in Jesus Christ. And you know what? The serial rapist who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Not one sin, it's complete. And this is glorious news. It's glorious news because we deserve a never-ending stream of condemnations from God. Because we have lied and cheated and stolen and envied and on and on and on and on, we deserve multiple, multiple condemnations. Think about it like this. If you have 85 years in this life, and you commit 10 sins a day, that's 310,250 sins in your lifetime. And that's just sins of action. It doesn't include the sins of the thought and the attitude and the heart. 
And so our freedom from condemnation is complete. And that means not one of those 310, 250, 310,250 counts, charges against you will ever be punished. Think about that. Think about that. Your freedom from condemnation is complete. And finally, number 10, your freedom from condemnation is expansive. It's expansive. And what I mean by this is that you, regardless of, of your class, of your gender, of your, of your ethnicity, you have freedom from condemnation. It doesn't matter if you're a king or a slave. It doesn't matter if you're wealthy or poor. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. If you are in Christ Jesus, there is now no condemnation for you. And this is good news for the soul. This is good news for my soul. What this means is that you do not have to be a rock star Christian in order not to experience condemnation. You don't have to be a preacher or the son of a preacher or a preacher's former roommate. (laughs) You don't have to be any of those things. If you are in Christ Jesus, you have no condemnation. It's expansive. Let that sink in. Is your faith weak? Is your faith weak? Do you struggle to trust Jesus and follow him on a daily basis? Yes, we all do. (laughs) We all do. But I'm so thankful that my freedom from condemnation It's expansive to include the group of those people in Christ Jesus. That's the one qualification. That's it. There's nothing else. And so, friends, brothers and sisters, we celebrate today this Independence Day, this, this 4th of July, we, we do this because we want to we remember those who have gone before this. We want to celebrate and remember the freedom that we have here in this country. But in the same vein, the 20th century doctor of the body and of the soul, especially of the soul, Martin Lloyd-Jones said this. He said this, Most of our troubles are due to our failure to realize the truth of Romans 8, verse 1. Most of our troubles are due to our failure to realize the truth of Romans 8, verse 1. Here's what happens. You sin... You fail. You lose your cool. You live under a weight of guilt and shame for your past and for your present. You feel like you quite don't measure up. You never measure up. 
And so what you do is you try to prove yourself to somehow appease and assuage the, the feelings of guilt that you have. This is what happens. This is what we do. And so some of you husbands, some of you wives, some of you who are single, some of you moms and dads, I know you feel like you never measure up. You feel this way. You never measure up. You, you, you have, a, have a constant and nagging sense of guilt and shame for your failures and for the standards that are imposed on you or that you set for yourself, whether they're real or imagined. But here's what happens. When you realize and you reflect upon these 10 characteristics when you think about your freedom from condemnation, you know what you can do? You can rest. You can be at peace with yourself. You know what that feels like. You can be at peace with yourself. You can, you can be who you are. You can be who you are without trying to prove yourself to anyone else. You can be open, you can be humble, you can be honest with your failures, with your sin, realizing that all of it has been taken care of. That Jesus has paid it all. He has condemned sin in the flesh. And when you do sin, when you do fail, you can freely repent of it. You can confess it and you can move on. You don't have to stay in this constant state of guilt and shame. You can move on. You can move on because you are realizing that you are free. I am free. Free. There is no more condemnation for me. Brothers and sisters, listen. Christianity is a journey of coming to understand, celebrate, and walk in your freedom. That's what Christianity is. If you're not a believer here this morning, you know what Christianity is about. That's what it's about. It's about understanding, celebrating, and walking in freedom from condemnation. That's what it's about. And so I think we need a holiday <laughs> to celebrate our freedom from condemnation. Maybe we make it the 4th of July. And we realize that, yeah, we've been given great freedom here, but we've been given greater freedom by our great God. I want you, I want all of you here this morning. We may not see each other again. We do not know. 
I want you, if you are not on this journey, I plead with you to get on this journey with me and with the others in this room. And if you, if you don't know anything about that and you want to talk to someone, please come and talk to me after the service. And if you say, I'm on the journey, Pastor Dan, but I've fallen off, I've drifted to another trail, I want you to get back with me on this journey, on this trail of freedom. And here's what I mean by that. What I mean by that is I want us, I want you, as I've had the privilege to do in the last few weeks, to reflect and meditate deeply on your freedom from condemnation. Reflect on the fact that your freedom from condemnation is unearned, it's costly, it's just, it's legal and spiritual, it's eternal, it's exclusive, it's communal, it's complete, and it is expansive. Apply those truths Apply this truth from this word to your heart. Brothers and sisters, here is our declaration of independence. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? And as Christians, we have, we have double the reason to celebrate today. Many Christians around the world do not have the privileges that we do here in this country. Many people as you know, are literally dying to get to this country. And so we celebrate today. We thank God today for the opportunities, for the freedoms that we have in this country, the United States of America. But as Christians, we live in a greater kingdom. We celebrate the kingdom of Christ which transcends national and political boundaries. It transcends time. The freedom that we have as believers is greater. It is more greater than any political or national freedom in this world. So this Independence Day, let us celebrate. Let us celebrate our freedom in this country and let us celebrate our freedom as believers. Freedom that we have from condemnation. And what I want to do now is what we do in Sierra Leone. When we close on a sermon like this, I want us to celebrate and I want us to put our hands together for Jesus.